Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Full Press Packers Pod, part of Full Press Coverage. I'm your host, Kyle Senra. And, uh, well, it's both a a very exciting but also very uh, strange time in sports right now. Um, Mostly strange. Uh, Most sports have been canceled or postponed as of right now. Um, I'm recording this on Sunday, March 3rd. Uh, But one thing that has kind of continued is the NFL uh, season in terms of their schedule, uh, which right now isn't games, but uh, rather uh, right now the big thing is free agency. And players, in this case, being released, which is why I'm maybe a bit more positive and excited because something that I've been hoping for uh, for a while, certainly advocating for uh, as much as I can advocate, uh, is uh, Jimmy Graham, Packers tight end, no, former Packers tight end. Um, it, Jimmy Graham was released. Um, I think the uh, I know there were some wordings that uh, will be released, uh, but I think it's officially that he has been, and he's now officially a free agent. So, um, yeah, so Jimmy Graham no longer part of the Packers organization. I thought this move should have happened last season. Heck, I don't think I didn't think they should have signed him to that contract in the first place. Um, this move saves eight million dollars in cap space, which right now is actually pretty important uh, because they were. Uh, among the the lower uh, echelon of the league, not quite. Uh, I know some teams are struggling with negative cap space at this point. They weren't in that big of a situation, but as of right now, uh, without uh, the rookie uh, draft pool, which uh, they estimated about just about seven and a half million dollars, this is spot track that is. Um, so on that, they have about just under twenty million in in cap space available for 
those two aspects, draft capital, uh, draft pool spending, as well as uh, free agency spending for the rest of the team, uh, all the players that are currently under contract. Now, uh, the news of Graham, I mean, I spoke about this in uh, the last step podcast. Uh, I even wrote an article on full press coverage about it. Uh, just the Packers' offseason priorities. And to me, the first thing they had to do was uh, free up cap space because there were some, there's certainly a couple contracts in the team that I think are uh, lending themselves to, to, to have these players be released for business decisions. Um, now, Graham gone at tight end. Right now, all they have uh, on, under contract at tight end is. Uh, uh, Jay Sternberger, technically, the rookie from last year, as well as uh, Evan uh, Bayless, um, who's on a, uh, basically on a, just just a bit over the league minimum contract. Um, so yeah, so uh, looking at, at what, I mean, Jay Sternberger, probably, I mean, a third round pick last year, he, he looks like he's going to be in line to at least see um, more more playing time. I mean, he was injured a lot last year. Didn't catch a pass in the regular season. Got, saw a couple targets. Although one thing that really impressed was his play in the NFC Championship game with Danny Vitale out. He actually had to play fullback, um, and I thought he did well enough um, in the Matt Lafleur offense. The fullback's really more of a receiving game thing than a, a run game. I noticed uh, the Packers a lot last year. They were running out of twelve personnel. Uh, a lot that was seems like that was the preferred run formation actually was the the three wide receiver set uh occasionally run with two tight ends or a tight end and a fullback they you know they do do that at times but i found a lot with fullback was uh they were using them as a in in the the receiving game either in pass protection i know danny vitale good receiver uh for a fullback certainly and uh was used as kind of a a seam route almost a intermediate threat uh, Jay Sternberger kind of played that same role and then uh, caught a touchdown in that game. Ultimately, didn't affect the outcome of the game. Packers still lost, but looked good for Sternberger. They also have Robert Tanyan, who's an exclusive rights free agent. So um, considering their lack of depth at tight end, really just two players on roster, I, I expect uh, maybe Tanyan gets a, a decent tender and they keep him. Although uh, we'll get to that in a sec because, uh, again, the priority was freeing up cap space. So before they could even, and I, and I think, again, with... Right now, just around twenty million, a little less. Uh, you know, if they tell you know, estimating that just right now, uh, without rookies, there's uh, just under twenty six million. But again, with the rookie class being about seven and a half million, you're looking at about nineteen million right now in cap space. Realistically, that is. Uh, but I think they could also do some other things to free up uh, even more cap space. Now, this will affect offensive line depth, which right now is not uh, not the greatest. Uh, but I think uh, both Corey Lindsley, starting center, and uh, Lane Taylor, who was the week one left guard, but we know now Elton Jenkins came in after Lane Taylor got hurt. And that, that job is Elton Jenkins now. He, he is going to be that their starting left guard this year, unless he moves to center, potentially. Um, but I think that they like that left side of that line as is. Um, and so I think... Um, for Lindsley, I mean, I've liked Lindsley throughout his whole career. Great center, uh, really good player, but did struggle this year. It was especially disturbing in certain games. I know I keep bringing up the Chargers game as the game where he really, you know, when Bosa and Ingram were lined up on the same side, he seems like he really struggled to identify that and get over and help that side instead of help the other side, which, you know, with Billy Turner and, and Bulaga, or, or, you know, because technically that was, I felt that was done a lot on the left side where they, they would double, so... In instances like that, I'm thinking of one play in particular where Bulaga and Turner had their matchups one-on-one pretty easily, and then, uh, you know, 
Elton Jenkins, as great as he is and as great of a rookie as he is, trying to get him to guard uh, Melvin Ingram one on one or Joey Bosa one on one. That's that's a tall a tough task for any interior lineman, let alone a rookie. So uh, I just I felt that there were times when Lindsley wasn't playing up to what this contract is, and I mean it's a ten point five million dollar cap hit. With Jimmy Graham gone, it's actually the sixth highest on the the entire team. Um, so you know, is is he? Is he really worthy of that? And and if it, it's it, he might be because again he is a really good center and, and having a good guy that call the lines and and, and do well uh, for you as a as, you know the anchor of of an offensive line that that's really important. But the concern is the dead cap's only two million. So if they cut him, that saves eight and a half million dollars in cap space. And I think that considering their needs across this team is incredibly important to do that because as much as center would become a hole then with cutting Lindsley right now, there's no Brian Bulaga under contract. Uh, so there's no right tackle right now. I mean, uh, it's looking pretty thin there. So, uh, in cutting lane Taylor, uh, 5.987 million dollar cap hit. Um, so basically 6 million and it's, uh, only 1.375 in dead cap. So you're saving over four million dollars there, four and a, four and a half million dollars even. So, you know, eight and a half, four and a half million—that's thirteen million dollars in cap space as of right now. Uh, and, it, and then this is including everyone else who would be under contract and all the rookies uh, around the eight million that you'd expect to pay there, the seven and a half million. You're going to have about thirty-two, thirty-three million dollars in cap space if you release both Lindsley and and uh, Lane Taylor. So I think the Packers right now that I would definitely look a lot better on their situation if that happened and as you know i don't think i think lane taylor's probably a foregone conclusion that that's going to happen uh just because i mean yeah you can keep him around as a as a depth uh offensive lineman but uh i i just think you know if you could save that money and allocate it somewhere else i think that's incredibly important and lindsley it's again it's the quality of play just isn't matching it exactly so i think uh gonna have to i think I think they have to release both, but um, I get maybe why uh, why it won't happen. Um, I'm looking at who else they would have on the offensive line right now. So obviously you'd have the, th- the three other starters. You have David Bakhtiari at left tackle, Elton Jenkins, and Billy Turner. Now both Jenkins and Turner actually can move around. I, I like. I think they're best to be th- at those guard positions, but either one of them could shift to center, theoretically. So I don't think that... That's why I think losing Lindsley is... is Probably a better idea. I think they can manage. Now, the other player that they had that actually, uh, Lindsley missed, uh, he started the game, but left very early in that Detroit game. Um, and then Lucas Patrick came in and played center for most of the game, and I thought he did pretty well. I know Rodgers makes a lot of line calls himself, so it's not, he might not have as much responsibility as most centers do, but he was snapping the ball pretty well. Uh, I, I remember one snap that was off, and instead of going to Rodgers, who Again, looking at the way the blocking was set up for the play, it looked like it was going to be a run play anyway. Instead of snapping it to Rodgers and Rodgers handing it off, it ended up going directly to Jones, who just took it and found the edge real quick. I mean, it helped him get an extra step. It was a big gain. Uh, so it actually turned out all right. But for the most part, he, he was you know snapping very accurately, and it, and it showed there. Uh, they had just, right before that Week 17 contest, had extended Lucas Patrick. And knowing that you know they would have... It was a back injury that uh, Lindsley left with. It didn't seem like it came out of nowhere. Like it seemed, it seemed like it was something that I remember him being on the injury reports that week, and they they had known about. It. And I'm wondering if they were concerned long term, looking at the cap situation, thinking, you know, that they were probably going to cut him. I think that was maybe a, a telling sign there. And and 
it, you know, it's almost to the Packers' fortunes here that he got hurt in the sense that he had to leave and it, it wasn't serious enough that he couldn't play in the playoffs, uh, but that it, it gave him a chance to see Lucas Patrick and realize, you know what, he, he might be good enough to be our center this year. So I think, uh, you know, you might have, you know, if, if you consider Patrick there, you might have every starting position on the offensive line set and then really just looking at that right tackle spot. You've got some depth. Um, you've got uh, John uh, Leglu, who is on a vet, uh, you know, is a guard on a minimum contract. But you also have Cole Madison, who uh, could play guard. I think he even played some tackle in, in college, but uh, is listed right now as a center, as a backup center. So if, you know, you've got some depth and, you know, you could even make a, a competition between Lucas Patrick and Cole Madison for that starting center spot. So I think you're you're fine enough there. You're looking at tackle depth, though. That's really where, uh, outside of David Bakhtiari, the only other tackles under contract right now are Alex Light, um, who, again, didn't... The only game action he saw was against the 49ers. That was a tough assignment he had, and he, he really struggled. But I'd like to see more. I think he's worth hanging on to. His contract's not that big. 661 thousand you know it's good to you know especially if you're again my plan with cutting two offensive linemen you need to hang on to all the depth you have you have not yash neiman and cody conway as well and as of right now all three of them would be competing to who's gonna be the right tackle i don't think any of them should be the starting right tackle you can maybe develop them into good backup tackles but i really think that that tackle position is really where things need to be addressed you know and you and you know still bring in some just overall offensive line depth too with uh, cheaper contracts. But I think the, the tackle spot is really where the heavy investments need to be made. But before all that happens, uh, I think the main priority, and this is what's being reported on Packers wire right now, um, is uh, that the Packers number one priority at free agent might be Corey Littleton at linebacker. Uh, now Corey Littleton is, uh, you know, if, uh, if Blake Martinez isn't re- retained, it they get an even bigger hole at linebacker. But I already think it's it's already a massive need, even with Martinez on the roster. They really needed that second guy. I know B.J. Goodson played better towards the end of the season. But I still believe that they need to make an, an improvement there. And I mean, B.J. Goodson's also going to be a, a free agent, as is Blake Martinez right now. Um, and so for right now, they have very little. They have Ty Summers and Curtis Bolton at inside linebacker. Maybe Oren Burks can move in there too, and you have a third guy. But really, I, I think you you need two starters right now because I mean, Summers was a seventh round pick last year. Bolton, an undrafted free agent last year. I, I are you really do you really think either one is should be the a starting inside potentially even middle linebacker, the guy with the headset calling the plays? Uh, that that's that's asking a lot to me. So I, I do think linebacker is actually the Packers' number one priority. As much as right tackle is important, I think both of those are are incredibly important. But um, for the Packers, it seems like again Corey Littleton is the the number one free agent there, and and if uh, they do let Martinez go, that's going to create a huge hole because Martinez, you know, tackle machine. He's always cleaning up a lot of run plays uh, when the defensive line can't get that stop. So uh, Littleton can fill that role. We saw it back to back years of over 120 tackles, 125 in 2018. Um, and then uh, 134 last season. So he's definitely, uh, you know, great in that regard of, of being able to to get guys on the ground uh, when they're in the second level. Now, what Littleton also offers, which is an improvement in, on, on Martinez, which is why I think the Packers are really, this has been their plan all along. They've been noticing uh, Littleton's with the Rams, and it seems like the Rams 
you know, their contract situations are going to prohibit them from even putting the franchise tag on him. So it, it does appear that Corey Littleton is going to become a free agent. And with, with that, I think the Packers kind of recognized that was going to happen and decided, you know what, we could offer Martinez over $10 million a year, which another thing that Packers Wire is reporting, that that's what, uh, that's what Martinez is, is uh, seeking. He's seeking a $10 million a year contract, which, again, I think the Packers would be wise to pay that if they don't get Littleton. So that it's Littleton, it seems like he's going to be the number one linebacker available for every team because he offers uh, better skills and coverage than Martinez does. And uh, so I think that's where the Packers really want that. They, you know, Mike Pettin wants linebackers that can cover exceptionally. And that was the one part of Martinez game that, that uh, didn't quite hold up to uh, certainly what Mike Pettin wanted. So uh, yeah, it seems like Littleton it's going to be that uh, number one priority, and uh, apparently seeking around thirteen million per year. Now, again, if, if the Packers release Lindsley and and uh, Taylor, and you get about thirty-two million, that's not quite half, but you're closing in on half of your available salary cap on that one player, which is going to limit what they can do at other positions. And I know uh, Jesse Hall, who's uh, one of our newest writers at Full Press Coverage Packers, recently did a an article about uh, free agent targets at, at linebacker. If uh, of course if if they don't uh, pay Martinez, which apparently isn't out of the question. If, if they strike out on Littleton, it could be that Martinez actually is their, their number two linebacker and that they'll give him the, the 10 million, a little bit less than Littleton, but they, they want to save it to make sure. Cause it'd be, it seems like it'd be really tough to, to keep both. Um, some other linebackers, Jesse suggested other than Littleton. Uh, one was um, Joe Schubert. It appears the Browns are moving on from him. Although I feel like, and J- Jesse uh, mentioned this in the article that it's, it's, you get into the same situation as Martinez where he's not that great in coverage, not, not compared to Littleton, which is why I think it's very clear that the Packers are going to do whatever they can to, to sign Corey Littleton. Um, so I think if it comes down to that, I think I'd rather just keep Martinez over Schubert. Um, there's Nick uh, Kawatowski from the Bears, who uh, I guess the news of the Bears, because another player in, in Jesse's article was Danny Trevathan. But since that article came out, the Bears actually extended Danny Trevathan. So with that in mind, they might be, you know, it, it might have been with both players as free agents, the Bears look like they're going to have to choose one or the other. And they chose to keep Trevathan, which means Nick Kawatowski is, could be available. And he's decent enough in coverage. The Packers might decide, you know, he might not be necessarily commanding 10 million dollars a year maybe they even decide if we don't get Littleton maybe Kiewitowski's the guy we go with I wonder if the where the contracts are could they could they maybe even get both Martinez and Kiewitowski I know uh one thing that I was thinking was you probably want to go and get a veteran linebacker and then another veteran defensive end to replace Mike Daniels although I wonder I've always wondered could, could they sign Mike Daniels at a cheaper contract than what he was uh initially expecting to be extension wise maybe uh you know, his injured season in Detroit has really driven down his value. I think the Packers, if he's not too expensive, it would actually be wise to look into Mike Daniels, if not some other veteran defensive ends. But another thing they could do is just allocate all that towards two linebackers, get get Martin, get Martinez back and get a Kiewitowski or, or, you know, I don't know if they'd be able to get Kiewitowski and Littleton. I think if you're getting Corey Littleton, you're, you're basically putting all your linebacker funds into that and, you know, looking towards the draft to, to maybe fill the other starting spot. If not, you know, maybe BJ Goodson at a, at a decent uh, contract comes back. Maybe Summers or Bolton steps up. And again, maybe Oren Burks transitions. I mean, he's a good coverage linebacker too. So maybe they actually want to more prioritize that. And uh, so we'll see. There, there's definitely questions there. But I think, you know, signing one of these linebackers is definitely going to be the Packers. I think main priority in free agency. 
now I've after linebacker, I've already mentioned it. The the next position I think is the main priority is uh, maybe popular belief says it's receiver, but I think it's right tackle. Uh, and you know, right now there's no really no present or doesn't really look like a future at right tackle right now. I don't I'm not convinced Alex Light's going to be the answer there, uh, and it's really just unknowns after that uh, with Neiman and Conway. So um, I mean, to me, you know, the answer is. To, I mean, the question really that needs to be asked is, is Brian Bulaga coming back? Because if so, I think they do whatever they can to, to get him. But I still think that the long-term answer at the position needs to be addressed. So that maybe this is something where they, they're, they're double-dipping. They're spending in free agency to get a guy now and also drafting, you know, a day one, day two player to be their right tackle of the future. Apparently, Brian Bulaga is seeking $12 million per year, which I thought was a – that's a jump. So of what I was maybe expecting, I know that's another thing Packers Wire was reporting. I know I expected, uh, my thing was, uh, okay, if you cut Corey Littleton, that eight and a half million, maybe that's enough to keep Bulaga, eight, eight and a half on a, you know, on a two-year deal, maybe eight and a half per, that might, that might work. But uh, Bulaga's seeking 12 million. And I think if any team struggling at, at right tackle right now would probably be wise to pay that. So if, uh, I am kind of getting a little fearful that maybe Ryan Bulaga won't be back. I know uh, Jared Valdir, who uh, had to step in for Bulaga in that Lions game, he couldn't, uh, he didn't start that uh, Week 17 Lions games. Uh, he he struggled initially, but then adjusted pretty well as the game went on. Um, really, it had been his some of his first uh, NFL action he had seen all season after not, you know basically being retired through half the season and then deciding to come back uh, later on to join the Packers on their Super Bowl run. Again, if you're if you're gonna if the Packers are gonna invest heavily in the draft at, at right tackle, maybe you, you then decide, okay, maybe Valdir we they can keep him for even less than that eight point five million that you're cutting Littleton. Maybe you can get him at a, a seven seven you know, maybe something around there, a six and a half million. And if you can and he can give you adequate play at right tackle, uh at least long enough until maybe and you know, maybe even make it a, a if you're putting a, again, this is assuming they draft a right tackle, you know, within the first two rounds. Are you making that a competition between the two? Maybe something Valdir starts the season and as the year goes on, transition to the rookie, or is it a first year thing where the rookie will just kind of play the main swing tackle and Valdir will start, and then year two that rookie gets to play? So there, there's there's definitely options. Uh, now I do wonder, is there a player out there that could combine both? The, the the present and the future and to me I'm looking at what the Titans are doing right now they've got really three key free agents um, in quarterback Ryan Tannehill running back Derrick Henry and offensive tackle Jack Conklin and if they decide to to let Jack Conklin go I wonder if the Packers decide maybe that's the guy we go after instead of uh, you know paying Bulaga one or two years maybe they decided you know if you're if he's going to seek 12 million a year Let's invest that to someone who could be there long term, and maybe maybe Jack Conklin goes to the Packers. That's we'll see, and uh, I think that a lot depends on the Titans. They have the franchise tag available to them. Probably gonna extend one or two of the other players, but uh, really, I you know, and it seems like the Titans are one of these teams that, uh, unfortunately, you know, well, fortunately or unfortunately, it's just the way it is in the NFL. Everything is quarterback driven. So for the Packers, at least that they—that's something that they can immediately go after Littleton. They know that's the, that's the shoe that they're waiting to drop is Corey Littleton. They've identified that as the number one guy. But for a lot of teams, right now, if it's, if you're not set a quarterback, 
it's got to be Tom Brady. I mean, and I'm looking at all the available free agents. I, I'm not sure that I would, especially if I'm a team that thinks they can win the Super Bowl this year. I don't trust any quarterback right now that's available to to do that. I know Dak Prescott, I'm looking at some of the free agent list, and Dak Prescott regularly is that number one guy. And uh, there, you know, there's rumors with the Cowboys. You know, D- Dak would probably be the only one I'd be really close on. But even then, if I'm a, you know, if I'm the Cowboys, I think I'd rather keep Dak. But if I'm any other team, I'm pretty sure Brady would be the priority over Dak Prescott. Again, if I, if I, as a team, I think I can compete this season. Um, so for the Titans, it's I think that's the big weight. Is if okay if they could they think they have a chance at Tom Brady it appears and they're going to put everything they can to that and then figure out the rest afterwards and if they don't get Brady then Tannehill's a natural player although uh, I know we're coming up on on franchise tagging soon I was going to get to that at the end I don't know I mean unless things get pushed back with all this uh, with everything because of the virus canceling maybe the you know the tag period gets extended maybe the league year starts a little later not sure yet but as of right now there isn't very much time left to, to tag Ryan Tannehill so I think decisions there are coming soon if uh you know assuming everything pro proceeds as uh, we anticipate the schedule will um so yeah so i think uh outside again outside of right tackle and linebacker receiver is the position that seems like it, it really needs to be addressed i know i've made my thoughts about that in the last episode that this is a great draft to be able to go and and get uh, a you know receiver i think at, at 30 the packers may uh you know it might be a a mix of best player available and and need where you're probably going to look at the tackle spot a linebacker and receiver and whatever is there at 30 out of those three spots whoever's the best player available out of those three positions at 30 i think that's a a smart play for the packers if they really identify someone they like they may they may trade up Uh, if there's no one they really love with they're really in love with they may decide to trade down and, and gather some extra seconds and maybe address all three of those positions in the second round but i think there's options there um I know uh, one thing about uh, another thing here on Packers Wire. Actually, Zach Cruz just came out with an inter- with a with an article uh, very recently about uh, Austin Hooper doing an interview when he was uh, talking about Matt Lafleur and um, their time together in Atlanta. And I'll read the quote right now. Uh, this is by Austin Hooper. Uh, when he was a coach in Atlanta, I really liked Matt Lafleur as a person. I wasn't a quarterback, so I couldn't really see his coaching style as much because he was the quarterback coach there, not uh, the offensive coordinator. I think that was uh, that was Kyle Shanahan. Um, that wasn't the quote, <laughs> but uh, but uh, continue the quote. But he definitely helped me out as a young player. For that, I will always be grateful. He's a good guy, really likable person. You know, as he hinted that uh, you know relationship with the Packers could be uh, something that happens in the future. Uh, there was talks about. Um, Austin Hooper and it being a bidding war, especially now, I guess, well, I guess here's a good time to talk about the franchise tag. There have been a few players announced so far that have been tagged. One of them is tight end Hunter Henry, and it was expecting to be Hooper Henry leading the, the tight end class. And with Henry uh, now out of that and staying with the Chargers for one season, it does look like Hooper is the best tight end available. Now, clearly it'd be an upgrade on Jimmy Graham. However, I think, again, it, you know, is, is Austin Hooper's price going to get into the above 10 million in that into the, those double digits personally i'd rather spend that on Corey littleton blake martinez brian bulaga so i'm not crazy about the packers getting into a bidding war with austin hooper great player but i don't know that that's really where the the need is uh i don't think the economics of the the team structure and the salary cap you know rogers cap hit a quarterback is uh 
well, I mean, it's the high, it's a so this season will be twenty one point six four million. Um, I know the dead cap's much higher. He gets there's going to be a lot of bonuses there, and that probably will go up actually as the season goes on, uh, as he hits those bonuses. Um, after that, Devonte Adams sixteen point four million. So you're paying already a quarterback and a wide receiver, um, really a, a combined thirty seven million, thirty eight million dollars between just the two of them. I don't think they can really afford to push their their pay scale at, at receiver that much higher because of that. Um, so to me, it, I, I don't like paying Hooper big money. Um, now, one podcast that I like to listen to, it for those who know me, as well as uh, being the host of this podcast, I'm a host of the Full Press Fantasy Pod. Uh, you know, so I'm a big fan of fantasy podcasts in general, fantasy football podcast. And the fantasy footballers, uh, they did an episode recently about uh, free agent wish lists, and uh, they were just each of them they you know they take turns they name a player and each of them would say their their ideal spot and all three of the co-hosts had a different receiver going to green bay they each had a player going to green bay which you know they're all saying the same thing that they expect green bay to address um wide receiver or receiver in general pass catcher in free agency one option was Austin Hooper. Someone someone suggested that. Uh, another one at tight end was Eric Ebron, which I think is a lot more reasonable because I don't think his price is going to be as elevated as Hooper. He's not coming off as great of a season. He was injured. Great 2018 with Andrew Luck. Caught a lot of touchdowns, though, and I think that's maybe what, where the reality lies. He was a first-round pick four by the Lions, top 10 pick, and his athleticism was supposed to be the thing that separated it. But again, he now coming with a, a few injuries now, it, I wonder if that's taking a step back in that and really just become more of a red zone threat, which isn't a bad thing, but also means he won't command top dollar. And I wonder if that's maybe a price range the Packers come in. There's also Robbie Anderson, but again, rumors about Anderson is he's seeking up in the 10, 10 million. And I don't know if he's necessarily going to get that, um, you know, decently well-rounded receiver primarily used as a deep threat, which is his strength. That's the best part of his game, which is something that would actually help the Packers a lot is having that type of threat with Anderson. But if he's going to command up in the the 10 million per year, and that's what teams are going to pay him, I think that's, again, too high. Uh, I'd prefer the Packers... Heck, I'd prefer the Packers if they kept Geronimo Allison at a reasonable contract. And I think after having such a poor season last year, it's probably doable and and very possible that that happens. Um, I would just like to see them use him more downfield. And One thing I was angered last year with... Allison was just his usage. It seemed like a lot of his targets were coming in and around the line of scrimmage. And I remember early in the season, it, it seemed like that's everything was. And then suddenly he ran out of the slot. He ran a, a basically a, a post cor- post fake move and then to a corner route uh, just outside the red zone and uh, ended up catching a touchdown on that play. And I was thinking it's like, it's basically the first throw he gets beyond the line of scrimmage and he scores a touchdown off it. So, you know, maybe I was hoping maybe LaFleur would kind of see that. Oh, maybe we should use him as a downfield threat. And it, it just didn't really happen. I know he fumbled a few times. It seems like the Packers are really trying to use him as a yard after catch type of receiver. And I, I've never really thought that was Allison's role. I thought deep, you know, good deep route timing with Rodgers. He's good at adjusting to scramble plays. And that's why I thought, you know, you know, slot receiver makes sense. But not just, a, you know, I like the way that, the, uh, and this is a former coaching staff, so maybe that has to do with it, but the way Mike McCarthy and that offense used Randall Cobb as a slot receiver. It wasn't all just short dump offs. He was using him as a slot to take, you know, use his speed to take the top off a of defense. And Allison's not the greatest athlete, the fastest guy, but good enough that I th- I thought he could be used more as a vertical receiver. Certainly like his ability to catch the ball downfield more than Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who seems like he really struggled with that as the year went on. Um, 
So yeah, so you know, re receiver isn't necessarily a deep the deepest uh, position. So I do think addressing it in free agency is important, but I also don't think it's wise to spend up on that when linebacker, right tackle, and maybe even defensive end are maybe some more priorities that they need veterans at. I'm okay with them bringing in rookies, and I think it's a really good receiver class, especially really deep, that they can uh, maybe find a number two receiver in this class without even having to spend a first round pick on him. So, uh, you know, looking for those types of things to happen with the, the Packers offense this year. Uh, but we'll see. Again, I'm obviously not in charge of the team. I don't know exactly what they're thinking. I don't know exactly what the plans are uh, for the Packers, but uh, it, it does seem like uh, with uh, Gutenkust, he's been more aggressive in free agency and, and really gone after those veterans. So I do wonder if that continues. Again, I certainly think uh, the Packers should basically spend whatever it takes to get Corey Littleton. I think that that fills a huge need. Um now, if it's going to get into insane amounts of of, uh, of cap space requirement, like if we're, we're talking more than thirteen million, if they're if they're if he's having to go fourteen, fifteen, sixteen million to get Corey Littleton per year on a lengthy deal, that might be a little too much for the Packers, and then that's where I'd want to get a Blake Martinez around ten million. And I think that still allows them to do some other things. Maybe you uh, prioritize linebackers that are good in coverage for the rest of the way, whether it's in the draft or free agency. So I, I think there are options. But again, I think linebacker is really, the, right now for the Packers, the linchpin. Everything relies on that. If they don't shore up that interior linebacking core, I don't know how they're going to compete for a Super Bowl. At least, and you know, it's weird saying that for a team that just is coming off an NFC Championship game uh, appearance. But really, you saw, you know, run defense was a problem all year, and it was maybe at its worst in that game. Uh, tackling was a big issue, and, and you know, really, really got exploited really badly. Uh, by that and I think uh, again not having Mike Daniels at defensive end really hurt but also not having a second reliable linebacker and again BJ Goodson played well enough but I don't not well enough in that game obviously to to make a difference and not that it should be on one player the, the you know I, I counted 10 missed tackles I'm mentioning that a few episodes ago 10 missed tackles in that game and those are just the ones I caught there, there might have been one I missed um, I keep making that joke don't I <laughs> but I also uh, keep uh, you know producing these podcasts i know it's been a little bit but i i also wanted to address the the jimmy graham news not sure yet if uh again cory lindsley or uh lane taylor are gonna get cut i know i certainly expect that but uh, we'll definitely have to see uh, if as long as the league year proceeds as normal i should be back next week to talk about uh these free agent signings that we're expecting so hopefully everyone stays tuned to that uh, and if not i mean stay tuned to full press coverage we'll uh keep everyone up to date on what's happening with breaking news with the NFL. Um, so uh, for those who want to follow uh, along, you can follow full press coverage at FP coverage, as well as uh, for Packers stuff at FPC underscore Packers. I'm uh, Kyle center at Nyama underscore KS and underscore KS. And thank you all for listening to the latest episode of the full press Packers pod. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.